Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. We're here with Meredith. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so our podcast today is number 1,946. The topic I forgot to write in. And cool. then the title is Understanding Body Weight Fluctuations and the Emotional Impact. So this will be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, lots of Emotions crying. Those are always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, understanding body weight fluctuations and emotional impact. I have some notes, but whenever <laughs> I say the words body weight fluctuation, <laughs> yeah, does anything actually come to mind? Do you remember a time in which you've experienced your body weight change and it like freaked you out? Only about for 12 straight years. Okay. So, that, like, <laughs> we'll maybe sum that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, most notable, yes. being an adult with more knowledge. Ooh. I would say... Um, before I met you, yeah, and I like wasn't working out as much because I was commuting three hours a day. Yeah, you had life and stress beyond school. that. Yeah, just crazy. And working, and yeah. a few more ands. Yes. So I just didn't work out as much. Yeah. I didn't eat a lot. You did but not. I, I didn't look good. Okay. So what happened to your weight during that time? Um, I got what I call fluffy. Ooh, fluffy. Or puffy. Yes. Yes. So. So, um, I don't remember, like, weighing myself. I'm, mm-hmm. The only time I got on scales was, like, prepping for my show. Yeah. Or shows. Other than that, it was just by how clothes felt. Well, what and did I, you feel in your clothes? Like, what did you feel oh, to change your clothes? I, now I definitely remember. So, I must have blocked it out. <laughs> Probably. Um, I wouldn't. I I wear I wear dresses every day, or at least wore them every day, for a very long time. Yes. But I wouldn't wear just the dress. I had to wear this big like grandma cardigan over it mm, because the layers. I had the fat on my hips oh. from like putting weight on, and it wasn't even like it was after the show. It was like. Two, three years later. Yeah. Like, because life just. So it wasn't like a rebound effect. It was actually. Not at just, all. Not at all. It was life just. Life kind of like, stinks right now, so I'm not exercising as much. It, it was my. Probably my darkest adult moment. Mm. So, like, that was. You know, playing a part. I'm sure that would. That and I was still, like, Dean's List at, in grad school. Yeah. And, like, so I you was always doing crush what you're supposed to do, even yeah. if life is crushing you. Yeah, something kind of, like, goes by the wayside. Yeah. But, like, that was, I was just fluffy and not feeling good. Yeah, and I think that's true. Like, the title is, like, body weight fluctuations, but it's definitely body feeling fluctuations yeah. or and body I, compositional fluctuations. That's a good way to put it. I was just about to say body composition because it definitely felt different. I all of a sudden went from being able to wear this thing I would wear every day to... I need to wear this over it, otherwise I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was new for me. Like That's I tough. had that, you know, just a different shape to me after mm-hmm. doing the show. So then it was like the fat landed in different places. Okay. Yeah. For the first time, because that was my first time putting on fat or being like fluffier. Yeah, and getting ready for the show, you would have built muscle tissue. Yeah. So, for example, your shoulders might be more rounded. Maybe your glutes were more full. So now if you have, like, fat over the glutes, it feels weird or different. It did. It felt, it definitely felt different. 
Prior to that, my second biggest fluctuation, I think, was coming out of my eating disorder at, how old was I? 17-ish? Yeah, teenager years. So I blew up to where my skin was painful. Like, I felt like I was putting lotion or baby oil and stuff on me because it felt like my skin was expanding too fast. Oh, that's crazy. So, like, I remember feeling my skin hurting Mm -hmm. because I fluctuated really fast. That's wild. It was not the best time <laughs> yeah usually anything associated with an eating disorder is not the best time this is true yes <laughs> but um but yeah i think that's that actually can be quite relatable to a yeah. lot of people because yeah. when you don't feel your best you're not going to step on a scale and those are like really so you're not going to see your those are really big fluctuations like we yeah. could go back as the as far as this week yeah because i went to the dentist and then while my lip was numb or my mouth was numb i Apparently took a chunk out of my lip, yeah. and I haven't been able to. As someone that drinks a hundred ounces of water a day, oh yeah, I've had a hundred ounces this week, mm-hmm. or like haven't been able to eat very much. It's been, I've been waking up in pain. It's been a lot of fun, yeah. you know. Wonderful week, yeah. It's hurt, mm-hmm. um, but then when we went, when we all went to the doctor on uh, one day this week, when I got on the scale. Like, normally, in other podcasts, I'm like, yeah, weight's a data point. It tells me what I'm doing. It tells me my stress level, or it tells me back off this, or eat more. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it tells me what to do, or it gives me more data. Yeah. But I got on the scale, and when we got home, I was like, I hate this. (laughs) What the hell happened? Mm -hmm. This isn't right. Because I, even though, we can talk about this, even though I... I don't mind weight because it's just data. Like, Mm -hmm. I can still fit into my clothes and fluctuate a lot. Um, But I still don't want to, like, see the number sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you have an idea in your head of what you, quote-unquote, should weigh. So even if you feel good and you see a number that's different, it can throw you off. So I stepped on the scale backwards knowing, like, I'm not eating this week. I can't even drink my water. I'm not sleeping. This number isn't going to look too pretty. So mm-hmm. I stepped on the scale backwards, and then it's, you have a new test result. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you for emailing me my weight. Yes. Even though I stepped on the scale to see backwards. Yeah. Like, they need to fix that somehow. It's very frustrating. As a side note, if you're in the medical profession or write medical software, can you make that stop? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is, is you haven't been able to drink as much or eat as much. Yeah. But yet your weight may have gone up. Up at least. Yes. I told you what the number was. And you're yeah. like, that's at least 10 pounds. That's significantly off. So I feel like the doctor's scale pounds. was off. Because my weight was actually up 5 pounds heavier than I thought it would be. Oh, really? And I weigh myself quite often. You weigh yourself like yeah, yes. a few times a week. Yeah. So I weigh myself multiple times a week. And it read me as 5 pounds heavier. Oh, it did. To which I associated, hey, I'm wearing shoes, jeans. It's the middle of the day. I've had a meal already. Yeah. And I normally weigh myself in the mornings before yeah. I eat or drink anything. And that's just so it's more consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, because that way I don't have a variable amount of food, a variable amount of hydration. Right. Um, so Absolutely. That's I was definitely heavier. Yeah. And um, so that's that helps in the sense of like when you tell me that and I've experienced mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, it was heavy for me too. Yeah. So that can help justify the number. That's true. It was. A bit better. I was 
I knew I did not gain like 11 pounds of fat. No. In, and I also didn't put on 11 pounds of muscle. <laughs> Unfortunately I'd be not. shocked if I put on a half a pound of muscle. Yeah. Currently. Mm-hmm. But I knew enough from like our wedding. Ah, yes. When we made the other podcast. Or when we yeah. made the other podcast about the same kind of like squishy feeling. Yes. So we said that was the pudding skin. <laughs> pudding skin. Yes. Pudding so skin. So I... I woke up. I woke up. I woke up. Hello. <laughs> I woke up and I rolled over to Rob and I was poking at my arm and I and I said I said what is this? Look at my skin. What is this? It's like I have pudding skin. Yes. And he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? <laughs> pudding skin. I was like, look at this. It's all squishy and you poke yeah. it. There's no muscle. What? What is happening? To which I was trying not to laugh because it was so cute. <laughs> Because I realized it was a very important moment for you. So I was, I was telling you how beautiful you were. verge of a meltdown. Yes. Uh, but we actually did make a podcast about that. It's podcast 802. Long time ago. Yes. And that was back November 30th of 2020. I don't even want to go back. Yes. So at the tail end of what 2020 was, <laughs> which was a wonderful year. Um, so it would be very reasonable to feel like you had pudding skin. And everything was squishy and you hated life. I did. At the end of that year. I, so I didn't, yes. didn't. But I, I hated how I my squishiness. Yes. Now, in that year, though, we actually did lose quite a bit of body fat and you changed your shape. Yeah, really because well. we've talked about, I don't know the podcast numbers, but oh, my wedding dress know. story where they had me sign a waiver because they didn't think I'd lose enough weight, which yes. felt really good. Yes. Podcast 836 is a, uh, a really good podcast for that. It's titled With Meredith Wedding Prep Story. It's See? Look how close that those two podcasts yes they were only two months apart yeah mm-hmm. that's wild yeah. yeah so during that time you went from a size 10 to a size 4 in the way they had to bring the 4 in yes. yeah in wedding dress sizes mm-hmm. and although you felt squishy and soft it was a yeah. lot of it was and you would know this because you've done competition yes is when you're dieting yeah. you actually feel and look like crap because you don't have any full oh. like glycogen storage, you don't have anything filling it's up the muscles. So you awful. feel very squishy and soft. It's awful. It's yes. a it's a huge mind game, and we yes. know what I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so messed up, and I still walk around like that. Like I still, because when you're constantly depleted, carb depleted, not I do not not eat carbs. I do eat yeah, carbs. we still a eat carbs. We just eat less than what you burn. In Le- exactly. So I just walk around watery. Yes, so you'll feel very soft, you'll feel very deflated, mm-hmm. and that can really mess up people's mind because when they start a diet, they think they're going to automatically see more muscle tissue, yeah. see more definition, yeah. but that's actually, unfortunately, not what happens. Right. Initially, you'll lose weight, you look soft, you kind of feel kind of blah because you're low in energy because mm-hmm. you brought your calories down yeah. or you increased your activity, yeah. and then over time, the detail starts to show through, and then when you're at the end of the diet and you start eating like a regular person again, now all of a sudden the muscles are full, you can see yeah. details. So it is challenging because during the process, you're making improvements, but it doesn't yeah. look like it. For example, the morning of our wedding, mm-hmm. I was my face was noticeably... Now, I went from a 10 in my gown to a four yeah. which they took in all right maybe it would have been ended up being a three yeah probably a three two three. but my face on our wedding day was like i felt like i looked like a water balloon yeah so rob didn't force feed me but rob was just giving me bowls of rice yes to eat salted rice that's right it was salted rice salted rice because uh, we had to get that water out of there and we had to get so it pushed into the muscles gross yeah yeah, yeah. 
And it worked. Like we did we did get the skin to look firmer. It did. We it got sucked water it out of your face so your cheekbones were more defined and stuff yes, for the wedding photos. Right. Yeah. So it worked, but golly, that, I that year was I would have needed like five more pounds of rice to pull anything yeah. out of my And just arms. the amount of stress. Like the the rice couldn't have even beat the amount of cortisol and stress that right. you were processing. So we were able to make some effect for sure. Yeah, but, but there had been enormous protocol in total of what we would have had right. to do. So like this is similar, like there, and I also want to talk about like the, the opposite swings where you lose weight and you feel really good. Mm, yes. Then you balloon up and you feel really bad. Yes. Typically, not everybody, that could happen. I think it's normal, but it's weird. Yeah. But um, when we made the pudding skin one, that was November 30th. Yeah. 2020. Wow. So my mom had the stroke mid-September. Yeah, we were dealing with that so all of September and October. we went up to New Jersey and packed packed up over three trips. On the yeah. third trip, we moved her down. Yeah. During one of these, during both of these trips, I was either going into the hospital during COVID mm-hmm. or into the rehab during COVID. Mm-hmm. And they checked my fever every day. You would go into the hospital and... Only one person was allowed per patient, and if you left, you couldn't come back in. Yeah. So during those days, I didn't eat. Yeah, and you had to work still. I wor- I was contracting, so if yeah. I didn't work, I didn't get paid. So. So you were mobile working in a hospital in, the car, in COVID. In the hospital. Yep. Yeah. Not eating, trying to take care of my mom, and I'd still worked at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're going through a lot at work, and still made that happen. I don't know how we did a lot of these things. Mm. But then we came home and I ate, you know, what the turkey sausage and the rice that I still I can't yeah like eat at the end of the more. hospital days you would come home and we would microwave rice and turkey turkey yeah, sausages took three minutes chicken to sausages. quote you know cook yeah. dinner and that was it and then it was just yeah. right back to it and I was so exhausted and when I'm really really overtired it's been like this my whole life I have like a ninety nine fever. Just yeah, you always have so a slight fever when you're tired. Always. Like, yeah. if I'm overtired, 99 point something, easy. And yeah. I that's high for me. Yeah. So, I remember me taking, keeping Tylenol in the glove box, and I would just, like, take Tylenol on the way mm-hmm. to the hospital and, like, go into the hospital, work all day, take care of my mom, talk to the doctors, sort out bills, plan the move, get home, mm-hmm. and do it all again. And yeah. it's, oh, uh, we're getting married in three months. Yeah, we we got married on New Year's Eve of 2020. Mm-hmm. So, so we moved during that whole process, November. we had to change everything in the wedding uh, because the wedding venue was no longer available. Right, yeah. So we had to change everything yeah. and kind of get people. Some people could make it, some people couldn't. Like my brother couldn't make it, your best friends couldn't like, make it. No, So we got a, you've got some people there, but yeah, we made, like I'm very grateful and very blessed and very happy that we got married when we did because... Yes. We wanted to own 2020 yes. and end it in a good way. We Not didn't want have it defeat us. Yeah, we didn't want the year to steal from us the things that we truly wanted. Absolutely. So even though we went through all that, we still progressed. You and still got a full time offer from that from that job yeah. out of the contracting. Yeah. Um, somehow my clients are amazing later, like and five months later, they're grateful and they stayed yeah. with me. So yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it was it, a lot of good came out of it, but. I, I mean, I still have probably the, some of the worst migraines in my life after all of that stress. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm more on that later because just with my background, I'd love to understand that more. But, um, you know, a lot of good came out of it. Some crazy stuff came out of it. But it's interesting that 
cortisol has such that profound effect on your body. Yeah, and stress. Like you can the also stre- just sum it up as stress. Yeah, yeah just stress. Good stress or bad. Good stress or bad stress, right? Yeah. Stress isn't always negative. Um, but even then, I think it would have messed me up more if it wasn't just like it felt like fight or flight all the time. True. And I remember just all of a sudden it was okay. I put my dress on and it's smaller now. There, there almost wasn't even like a recollection. I knew I was going through the motions every single day. Right, I was going to the yeah. gym. I was. You built me a walking desk on the yeah. treadmill at the gym. Yep. So I could still work and walk. Like, we did everything possible yeah. to squeeze in. Like you said, well, we're not going to get twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah, that was your job. That was the, that was what we did. You survived, and I made it. Made sure that it worked. <laughs> you did work. You took care of your mom. You took care of scheduling everything. And you're like, I and got then, your diet, nutrition. Yep. I said, don't worry about that. Fitness. Give that to me. I got it. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, this is what I do, literally, so just let me handle it. It was a big yeah. blessing and very convenient. Yes. <laughs> so it was awesome in that sense. But in the sense of, like, leading into the wedding, we were – we wouldn't have known what your weight was, but we know the body fluctuation would have been very watery, very yeah. – like, probably heavy feeling. I did. Even I though heavy. you had lost sizes. Yeah. Why is it? Yeah. It's so It's just weird. that crazy water retention and low food, high stress, low sleep. That's not a great mental state to feeling good. True. So you're not going to feel like, hey, I'm kicking butt in life and I look amazing. You're going to feel like life is kicking my butt and I don't feel amazing. <laughs> so it's kind of like how we can look at ourselves one day, like at the end of a workout. Mm-hmm. You can look and be like, man, look how pumped my shoulders are. I'm looking really good. Yeah. But then the next morning you're like, I feel like a fat cow. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I can't see anything. And We're I'm like so depressed now. easy on ourselves. Yes. So those are the emotional fluctuations is when our body doesn't feel good, we mentally tend to tear ourselves apart. Yes. It's when our so body hard. feels great, we tend to kind of like pump ourselves up and we get super excited and motivated. It's so wild. And that I always, I've always told people before they were to try to do any kind of like disclaimer any kind of bodybuilding show if they think like i don't know your life basically has to be in like a perfect near perfect conditions to do that you have to be willing to let other things go huge amount of trade-off yes other things are gonna be unpaused other things would be dropped yeah and you can't you you can't do it if you're in an unhealthy space where you tie so much to a number Oh, it's very true. Or you tie so much to feeling watery. Yeah. Because that is, that's, nobody told me that when I went into shows. Yeah. Is, you're, one, you're going to be so hungry you wake up crying at 2 (laughs) a.m. the last month because you're so hungry. Yes. But then also you still feel like squishy. Yeah. It's challenging too with weight. Like I've had clients weigh themselves for various times when we, prep for competitions and it's not an atypical pattern to have an initial weight loss then have the weight kind of plateau from I'm just making up some dates but this is a general general pattern is say you start 16 weeks ahead Mm. you're gonna lose weight say weeks 10 through 16 through 10 then from week 10 to like 2 you won't see anything happen. Right. Your composition is changing, but you right. can't quite see it yet. Yeah. But the body weight isn't changing because now all of a sudden you're starting to trade a little bit of muscle and, and fat. And then you're starting to get wa- gathered of water retention due to the stress. Yeah. So you tend to kind of what sees like a plateau. And people freak out because they think the progress is 
dictated by the number on the scale. And I'm like, you're fine, keep going. You're so fine, keep going. You're fine, so keep going. Great. And then within usually about two weeks before the competition, yeah. all of a sudden the weight really drops because we bring down the volume and the stress of the programming. Right. So therefore the water retention comes out. Yeah. But it's not it's not atypical to have a plateau of weight uh, within that process. And that's very hard to get people to not feel like they're not making progress yeah, they simply because their skate scale isn't moving. Yeah, and that's really tough. Or they, you know, all of a sudden you're consistent or you're trying something differently. You're just, you remove one thing from your normal diet. You just do something differently and all of a sudden you drop a lot of water weight. Oh, look how much weight I lost. Well, it uh, wasn't fat. Well, that's something fun to talk about you when know? somebody starts a diet. Yeah. Uh, typically, whatever you were doing before you started was yeah. bad enough that it prompted you to want to, to start it. something. <laughs> You're like, I need to get my life in order. I'm not doing well. I need to start a diet. So typically, we're not doing great and then start a diet. We're doing mediocre and then start a diet. So then any diet that creates an increase in consistency and structure right. is going to result in some kind of weight change. Yes. Now, if you're dieting to gain weight, like gain muscle tissue, you will see that go up. If you're dieting to lose fat, you're going to see the weight go down because your initial changes are typically going to be a caloric reduction, which is going to bring to a reduction of sodium and carbohydrates. So then water weight comes down. But then, unfortunately, it's depressingly, after the first week or two, water weight fluctuations stop. And now the only change you would see would be representative of true fat loss, right. which might only be a pound or two a week. Yeah. So you might lose six pounds in the first week, then one pound, one pound, one pound, and people are like, the diet isn't working. Yeah, you think I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and it's like, no, that, that's literally exactly what it would happen, yeah. especially if you have a carb-manipulative diet. Uh, the more, mm. manipulate, more you manipulate carbohydrates, the more weight fluctuation you will see. And that's also the case where people will say, um, like say they lost some weight, they're doing well, they went on a trip over the weekend, they ate some foods they normally wouldn't, and then all of a sudden they come in on Monday and they're up three pounds. And they're like, oh my God, I just lost the last two months of progress or the last right? month of progress. And it's like, uh. no, you just had more sodium and carbohydrates than you normally would. You gained three pounds of water retention. I have clients weigh themselves on Monday and Thursday. So I'm like, just keep going. On Thursday, you're going to weigh less. Mm-hmm. They, they tell me on Thursday, they weigh three pounds less and then they're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, like, what do you know? <laughs> yes. But on Monday, if they weigh themselves, they didn't realize that or didn't have somebody to talk to about it. They would sabotage everything because they thought they just lost progress. Right. So now what does it matter? Let me go eat a cheesecake. Let me eat this. Let me da da da. That's true. And I I've forgot, lost everything. I forgot about the self-sabotaging mindset. Oh, it's such a wicked mindset. Yes. Yeah. People that's get bitty so, bad circles. That's so tough. It's such a, yeah. the, you know, ugh, what a vicious cycle. And you'll know this is people over-restrict. So you get an initial ABCs. weight loss. And then all of a sudden, you can't maintain that restriction. It's too severe. So then they start to eat a little more, but then the weight goes up. But then the weight goes up, so they feel like they're a loser. They feel like they're weak, so they over-restrict again. And then that cycle just goes. It is such a cycle. And then they often use exercise to try and balance it. Yes. Mm -hmm. It can be pretty wild. You know, people do. There are common reasons why people would have fluctuations. Um, There's, like, times where you're sick. Like we talked about, like you were sick this, this week. week, starting new diets is another time. And then there's also just a normal daily fluctuation. I was about to ask, uh, from what you've seen or what you know, what's the average daily fluctuation of someone's weight? That was actually awesome. And we didn't even prompt this. This was amazing. So, uh, um, But research <laughs> has shown that it could be up to 2% body weight fluctuation. But that tends to be people who are quite heavy. So yeah. more so a 1% body weight fluctuation is more common for most listeners. Mm-hmm. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you can fluctuate 1.5 pounds plus or minus mm-hmm. every single day 
and it has nothing to do with body fat changes. Mm-hmm. That's just simple water retention changes. Yeah. And water retention can change from activity level, sodium intake, carbohydrate intake, change in sleep. If you sleep mm-hmm. less, you will have more water retention the next day mm-hmm. due to cortisol and some other hormonal balances. If you sleep more, you actually tend to weigh less Yes. because uh, it you dehydrates you actually. So you'll actually end up that. urinating more and it takes longer to refill. Yeah. You're going to wake up more dehydrated. Yeah. So there's a lot of fluctuations that can happen every day. So a 1% fluctuation is very normal. Mm-hmm. So when I have clients who, like I have one client, she weighs around 190. And she'll have a week where at the end of the week, she's like 189.4. She's like, this is the greatest week ever. <laughs> the next week, she's at uh, 189.6. And she's like, this week was awful. I gained weight. I'm like, you gained 0.2 point pounds. 0.2 pounds of Like, that's water? not, that's, you didn't gain 0.2 pounds of fat. Like, no. that's literal just normal fluctuations. But that's also, ridiculously common, is if people see the scale go up at all, even 0.2. Mm-hmm. They get depressed and feel like they lost the whole week. Yeah, that's really true. And tough. it's like, oh, that's not that's so not the case that I feel bad. How do you help people get through that? <laughs> I explain it to them. Yeah. So I explain it to them about changes. Um, actually, there's a really fun one. If you would humor me for a second, I will read through a response I wrote to somebody just today. Uh, this person got sick and they were uh, struggling because their weight shot up. Hmm. Their weight went up uh, four pounds. Oh, just what we were talking about. Yeah. So um, I said, this is my answer. It's a little bit long, so I'll, I'll show you. It's this red part. Oh, wow. I'm going to read through it real quick. So this is what I do for clients is I actually explain it to them. said, so it is depressing slash defeating to get sick, especially when it's sick enough to stop us from our training and eating as we normally would. Hmm. One aspect that helps to remember is that while you're sick, you're not losing progress. Training-wise, so this is one thing that was neat for him, is typically we go into being sick having trained well Mm -hmm. for the weeks and days prior to it. And since per workout, I'm going to start to paraphrase now to shorten this up a bit, uh, since per workout it takes 48 to 72 hours to fully recover. Mm. If I my last workout was on Monday and I got sick, I'm actually still on Tuesday burning extra calories and building muscle from the workout on Monday. And actually even so on Wednesday. So it wouldn't be until Thursday that my body was actually now just kind of sitting stagnant. Right. So it's always neat to remember that if you're lifting weights on a regular basis, you have two days of progress. Always, all the time built in. That's true. Then the other thing I said was nutrition-wise, you cannot form body body fat without excessive calories. Yes. So he was worried, oh my gosh, I gained four pounds. And he was assuming it was fat. And I'm like, dude, all you've been doing is drinking fluid and eating soup. Yeah, you can't manifest it. Yeah, you have not created body fat because you don't literally have any body fat coming in. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I talked with him about. Mm -hmm. And then another component that I shared with him was he felt uh, bad having messed up his last Sunday. And he's like, dude, I'm just messing this up. I kind of feel defeated. So I explained to him how he actually didn't mess up. He overconsumed his protein. Which then related to over-consuming calories. So he actually didn't over-consume carbs and fats. He over-consumed protein. Mm -hmm. So I was saying that's pretty cool to know. So that way you don't think the excess is actually fat formation excess. It would actually just be extra protein. Then the other component was is um, that if we think about the number of days that we have in a full year... I can't find where I wrote that for him. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very helpful for us to remember that... Uh, the number of days that we have in a year add up, and if we mess up one day, it doesn't negate everything we always do. Mm-mm. So for him, I said, this year alone, 
So I told him he messed up one day, but he at least wants to be working on his goals for the rest of this year. And he agreed. Mm -hmm. So I said, this year, this day alone, we have 317 days left. Mm -hmm. Out of those 317 days, we have 951 opportunities to make progress. Because I have him breaking his day into three sections. He has the first six hours of being awake, he should hit a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of protein. Then the second six hours awake, then the third six hours Mm -hmm. awake. So he has 951 six-hour time blocks. That's cool. So he missed one. He missed up 0.01% of the year. So I was like, dude, don't worry. When you put it into context, it's really helpful. Yes. And that I can definitely him, help a lot of people with the fluctuations yeah. and anxiety. So I told him, you lost 0.01% of progress, but you learned a lesson that you get to have for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You now know how to never make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So those are the things I do for clients is I actually break down specific numbers and teach them uh, based on what they ate, like what the actual impact is. That's true. Yeah. Now, if you're not a client of mine, one thing to remember is it takes eating like a total butthead for like a whole week to gain a pound or two of fat. Yeah. You would have to break from your diet and basically just eat however the hell you felt for a whole week to gain a pound or two of fat. So if you see over the weekend a three or four pound weight gain, it's absolutely not fat. It is water formation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was a lot of me yapping. That's good. <laughs> but I think it's fun because this is stuff that I didn't know when I was younger. Well, And I would self-sabotage and I would freak out. Me too. And yeah. that's the thing where it's like, oh, right. I totally forgot that was mm-hmm. I'm blessed and I'm very thankful that I forgot that was a thing. But I remember being yeah. in it. I remember living it. Yeah. I remember one diet I did. I ate boiled chicken. <laughs> And frozen vegetables, every meal of every day. I was allowed to use hot sauce, but I didn't use anything else. No spices, nothing. Boiled chicken, mixed vegetables, hot sauce. I worked out an hour and a half for weights and then also ran for 30 minutes a day. And I hate running. You do. I do. And that was an interesting process because (laughs) I went from 210 pounds at the time down to like, I think maybe I was 220 down to like 190. And I looked worse. I literally died it off muscle tissue. Because yeah. there was no way I was eating enough food for how much activity I was doing. And at that time, you and Holy. I talked. I was like maybe 21, 22. Okay. Yeah, so I was so still relearning. Know the, yeah. yeah, I was actually still relearning a couple of things. Number one, what hunger was. Because we both talked about how we, we went through uh, anorexia and bulimia type. Yeah. Well, not bulimia, but anorexic. Uh, yeah, we talked about exercise bulimia. Yeah, there you go, yes. Yeah. So I shut off hunger when I was like 15, 16, 17, so I had to relearn that. Right, we talked about how we didn't, we never felt hungry nor full. No, I would just that be like sitting weirdest. somewhere, yeah, and I'm like, I have weird. clammy skin, and I kind of feel like I'm going to pass out. Like, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. And then I'm like, oh, when did I eat last? <laughs> so, yeah. So you still do that. Yes, so I had to relearn how to eat. And then also at that time, um, what was interesting was, I was learning that I wasn't any different than my clients. Mm. So I would give my clients stuff that worked amazingly well. They did competitions and did great at things. And then when it came to me, I always thought I had to, like, calorie restrict even more, exercise even more, uh, because, like, in my head, I was a fat piece of crap, and (laughs) I was lazy, and I, like, I deserved to have to work harder because I was so damn lazy. Oof. So very great self-talk. It's Absolutely we're cut lovely. from the same cloth, my friend. <laughs> yes. So I would torture myself, and then eventually I had to learn. Okay, I'm not some special, you know, special snowflake. snowflake. <laughs> yes. Like whatever I would tell somebody else to do, I have to tell myself. Yeah. And then I I learned how to coach myself, which is actually extremely hard to do. Yeah. 
That is uh, really hard. Yes. Very, very, very hard. Yeah. One of the things I was laughing with one of my clients was um, they were laughing because they said they knew enough in nutrition to be dangerous because they can justify <laughs> like certain choices. Oh. And they're like, I don't know how you do it because yeah. you know way more than I do. You know everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can pretty much justify any choice I make. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have to be very careful in the decisions I make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done some pretty phenomenal things with some interesting decisions that you've made over the years. <laughs> I love that that applies to much more than just nutrition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, um, but yeah, you and I have been through those fluctuations. Cold dumpling soup out of the can. Oh, gosh. Jars of peanut butter. Oh, yeah. We moved your mom. Oh. I had a whole jar of peanut butter. I think two cold cans of soup. So and then a Hershey's bar. So and then like 17 bottles of water. You hate water. I hate water. <laughs> I hate water. That was the most like You'd disgusting, gross ever. <laughs> yes. You'd like drop off furniture covered in sweat. You just take a big spoonful of peanut butter, dig it in your mouth. Just keep walking. Just yep. keep right back. That was no lie. That was 7 in the morning till we finished packing it at midnight. Till two days later? Well, it was midnight that we decided yes. to then drive And off. then drive. So it was like, what's that, 17 hours of moving furniture up and down three flights of stairs. On the last of the third, the last yeah. day of the third trip. And I literally didn't sit down for probably five minutes at no. one Jesus drove time. that wheel. Jesus drove me, golly. He, he was my legs, <laughs> he was my hands, he was driving everything. Uh, I'm glad he helped keep me breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we have been through it all. And I think what's fun is yeah. having been through it, to get to make a podcast that in a very rambly way is helping others realize, Mm -hmm. you know, if my weight goes up or down a little bit over like a two or three day period, I haven't lost two or three months or two or three years of work. And maybe it's just me being the genetic freak that I am. But I remember when I was deep into CrossFit Mm -hmm. and I would get sick and I would beat myself up mentally and I just, it felt like, you know, you were coming off of an addiction. <laughs> CrossFit you, can be that way. It is because you got and you got sick, and I I would always go back to the gym, and I would feel like crap for like one or two days, and then all of a sudden on day three and four I was like stronger. Yes. Than when I left. Yeah, that that's actually very common, and especially in CrossFit and because I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. how did I add thirty pounds to this lift by taking four days off? Well, huh. yeah, overtrained, oh overtrained, severely overtrained. So now you finally have recovery. And then the other part is, especially with CrossFit, the second you can start to breathe again, they just go back to working out. <laughs> yeah. Not as if they've actually eaten yeah. healthy for a day or mm-hmm. actually rehydrated. There's no recovery. It's just literally once I can move something. No, I can attest to this. Yes. So then all of a sudden you I have two days this. of eating and drinking again, and then you feel good. Yeah. So often when people go back to the gym and they're rest like, rest and food. Like, yeah, I feel crap right away. Well, you're not freaking ready yet. Like, <laughs> you haven't eaten anything for a couple of days. You haven't drank anything for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Now, am I the same type? Hell yeah, I'll be in the gym too. <laughs> but at least I know why I feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. And then usually by the third or fourth day, you have some more food and hydration in you. And then you're yeah. like, oh, hey, this is what normal feels like. Yeah. Do I know that I should be doing this? <laughs> yes. Yes. Am I doing anything about it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do all the same dumb stuff, even though I know I'm dumb as I'm doing it. <laughs> Self-awareness. Yes. But the emotional benefit of being able to get back in the gym and even just doing calf raises, I don't care. I just want to get back to the sense of feeling like I'm making progress. Yeah. You've done that. Yeah. I have, literally. I've, I've done calf raises with a fever because I was <laughs> mad at my body for having a fever. 
And I wouldn't let my body Didn't have a, you like do a like a thousand uh, calf raises when I was getting my eyelashes done for a while? Oh, good God. I couldn't walk for like two days. <laughs> that was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. I was like, why yeah. are you hobbling? What were you doing? <laughs> yeah. I did a thousand calf raises, just body weight variations. Oh, my God. Because it was, I think it was COVID. Yeah. So I wasn't yeah, allowed was. into the room. December 2020. And it was freezing outside. It was like, yeah, I could see my breath. <laughs> it was. Yes. It was like, it was less But I couldn't 30. go anywhere because no restaurants would let you in. <laughs> if I had to pee, I was going to have to pee in the bushes. Like, you couldn't go in anywhere. So I'm just standing out in this, like, Ugh. third floor of an apartment building doing calf races like mm-hmm. a psycho. Yeah, because she was doing lashes out of her apartment, yeah, apartment. because yeah. the buildings were closed. The yeah. businesses were closed. But that was a wonderful workout. Like, I don't want to do it again, but you I should do it You couldn't walk for days. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such good. I, I need to do that again. Get these calves growing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that was a good example. Yeah. Yes. That's um, funny. Yeah. Uh, rabbit hole a bit. But, I mean. That's fine. Fluctuations happen. If you've listened this far, you've pretty much committed. So now you're going to be in these rabbit holes with us. <laughs> you're in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I um, It's interesting that maybe it's just gaining wisdom. That's right. Instead of getting get <laughs> If we could older. be so bold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the same frickin' principles, right? It's the same thing. And it's just been things out of our control Mm -hmm. for a few years now where it's, oh, like this week when I saw my email and it's, that's my weight? Yeah. And it's like you still have to just pause and say, that's not right. That is impossible. I am not eating enough to gain fat. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. I know, not even a pound. And I know no. that. So what's happening? Yeah. So, but then to also say, all right, I had the experience of the pudding skin yeah. around the wedding. So it's, it, it's remembering things where it's, okay, this is a pattern. Your body will always react the same way to mm-hmm. the same things. And there's ways out of it. But not everybody, I hope, has gone through everything that we've gone through. True. So yeah. it's like, please take a lesson from us. Yeah. And I think one thing, too, to remember is is anytime I have a moment where, like, say I genuinely lost control, I overate. And I'm like, I know it's not water weight. I literally overate. I try to remind myself, like, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Or what's something I can take from this moment? Yeah. Like, did I learn something over the weekend? So maybe I went, traveled with friends over weekend, and I had better options, but I didn't take them. Right. You know, I drank a little extra. Maybe I ate some food I shouldn't or normally wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I know I could have stopped at a gas station and, and got, like, a protein drink and some nice snacks. But I didn't. I ate this instead. What I like to do is I tell myself is forgive but don't forget. So I forgive myself, but I don't forget it because I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I want to remember that it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember that I didn't like it. Yeah. So I liked it in the moment, but I really did not like it afterwards. Yes. That brought me back to when I was four months out from my first show. I lost my job. Oh, yeah. And I had no income. Oh, And I, I still have the photo of like how watery like i know some of that was fat Mm. that i put back on 
Yeah. But that was such a huge fluctuation. I took a photo and I just thought, like, just remember this. Yeah. Remember this moment. Go easy with yourself. And then it was just, as soon as I got the job and worked my butt off for three months to kind yeah. of recoup some of that loss, went back to the gym, back to the diet, back to training. But it was, remember that. And yeah. That and you came back and won a show. I did. Yeah. But that is something I tell myself is like, forgive, but don't forget. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm actually pretty good at remembering yeah. and not beating myself up. Me too. Now, sometimes people will have to practice that. Like they they think they're going to be able to forgive, oh, but if they a... don't forget it, they keep beating themselves up. And it's like, no, you literally have to say, that was that was what I did. I'm done with that. But I want to remember it so I don't do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, very good helpful. point. Yeah. Very good point. Thank you. Fun. Yeah. So I think in general, uh, one thing I want to leave with is uh, how I encourage my clients if they're going to weigh themselves. How do we do that? How do we structure that and keep that in perspective? Mm. So I have them weigh themselves on Monday and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. The reason why I like that is Monday is a representative of what happened over the weekend. Right. So from last weigh-in, which would be the last Thursday to Monday, mm. we want to see if there's a big fluctuation compared to the Monday to Thursday. So people's schedules typically, now I change this when I work with people with different work schedules, but most work schedules are Monday through Friday, weekends off. So if you have that type of schedule, the weight from Monday to Thursday usually represents three of your best days. People are usually most like, um, consistent. Yeah, adherent to their diet, consistent with their diet, Monday through like Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So then we weigh on Thursday morning and we see, okay, what does our weight look like after the most consecutive good days? Then from Thursday's weigh-in, we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we weigh in on Monday. So if we see a huge variation from Thursday to Monday and then a drop back off from Monday to Thursday, it shows us our weekends are out of control. we got to track our weekends. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people will do food tracking in their apps Monday through Friday, but they don't track weekends. Mm -hmm. Well, if you see a big weight fluctuation between Thursday to Monday, you've got to start tracking your weekends again. If you don't see a big fluctuation, then keep the weekends off if you want because you're probably doing pretty good. And if that gives you the mental release from tracking every day, great. It's fantastic. Yes. So we track Mondays and Thursdays. We'd always weigh ourselves in the morning after you go to the bathroom but before you eat or drink anything. Mm -hmm. So that way it's the most consistent. And then I have them track four-week trends. I was going to say, I would put it in like Excel and look at a trend line. Yes, exactly. So that's what I do for clients. I do it for them so they don't have to do that. Awesome. But um, I will see, like some people say is, you know, oh, this week from Monday to Thursday looks like I gained, you know, 0.4 pounds. I'm like, yeah, but if you look back four, four, four Thursdays ago, you're actually down a pound and a half. Right. So you're doing fine. Right. So awesome. we look at four-week trends. I never look from just one week to one week or four days to four days. No, it's always over weeks. Because fluctuation. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that would be how I would recommend it. And then we also still always track our actual adherence to our nutrition. Are we following our calories and our protein? Mm. So, for example, if we see our weight change, but we haven't been tracking it, what are we doing with our calories or protein? We don't know why the weight is changing. Mm-hmm. If we see that our calories have been on point and there's been no excess of calories, then we know. The weight change has to be water weight. Yeah. We don't even have to worry about it. Don't have to question it. Don't have to guess. Don't have to be, you know, in the unknown. Yeah. Yes. So we track calories, protein. Uh, we track our body weight. I have them track progress in training. I was like, do they track sleep? Yeah. To yes. Be able to I do have them do that. If they drop below six hours of sleep, they're supposed to tell me. Yeah. So I have them track between six that and eight is, hours. 
Yes. Now, the clients who compete, especially the ones that have gone like IP pros and like uh, drug tested pros, I'd usually encourage them to try to get extra sleep. Oh, try yeah. to eat or nine hours. Because we have so much more muscle damage in that to. programming. Yeah. You have to. But that's how we manage uh, weight. And then I also, when they want to, uh, have them take pictures. Because mm-hmm. often you will see, well, actually, there's one client I'm working with in Hawaii. I, won't, I was about to say his name, but I won't say his name because <laughs> I didn't ask him if he could be included. But uh, he, uh, we have do photos every month. So it would be every fourth Monday. Awesome. <clears throat> and what happened is the last two months, his weight's been it stuck at like 192. But he looks crazy leaner, like much better V shape. Oh, yeah. Much better detail in the upper back. So we kind of have come down from, he's come down from the high two teens down to 190s. And now it's kind of like the body weight stagnated, but he's building muscle. He's losing fat. And you can see it. Yeah. So he's even sending me the photos going, holy crap, man, look at the difference. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Which will definitely help if you feel like you're in that plateau moment. Absolutely. So that's another motivator. Another one is like fit of clothes. Absolutely. So if your body weight hasn't changed, but you've gone down a pant size or two. Yeah. I still, I wear the dress. I still wear the dress to work that I wore like right after my bodybuilding show now. Yeah. Because we've been able to control your shape and everything very well. Yeah, I remember awesome. I had one client, uh, she came to one training session one time, and she said, I weighed myself this morning, and I go, yeah, and she uh, goes, if I would have weighed myself earlier in this process, I would have fired you, and I was like, oh, well, this is fun, I was yeah. like, why is that, <laughs> you know, and she had gained seven pounds, but she went down two pant sizes, right? because she was gaining muscle tissue, she was filling out her muscle with glycogen, mm-hmm. but she lost all that fat. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a, I forget what other podcast number we talked about it, but when I was, I was on stage, stage lean, place top five. Oh, yes. At, right? Um, a very big show, but I was 132-ish, 133-ish pounds. Mm-hmm. And I would- was a size zero. Yeah. I was a size zero on stage at 132. At my, you know, skinniest, I was a zero and like unhealthy 89 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was just, I mean, crazy how much you, like, this, the size can stay the same or the weight. I mean, at my heaviest, I could also say that at my heaviest, I was like, 140 in a size 10. Yeah. So it's, I'm so glad that the client's seeing that it's not just about a number. Absolutely. And that is neat to see. Like I've, I've weighed everything under the sun. I've been as heavy as 295. Uh, when I first started my journey, I was 165. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been fun to see over the years. Uh, one of the ways that I've pushed my weight is I'll go up quite a bit, down a little bit, up right. a bit, down a bit. Yeah. So I've been 190 plus, say, three or four times. And now, like, I'm walking around around 283, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I'm as lean as I remember being at 240, yeah. as I remember being at 220. You're still getting so, leaner, yeah. Yeah, so it's neat to see, um, like, for me, my body weight game is actually the opposite. I'm actually trying to gain weight. It's also really fun, sorry, yeah. to interrupt you, to no, watch yeah. you tell people when they would just, the number of times, everyone, that people just walk up to Rob and ask him what he benches. <laughs> yeah. Is absurd. Yes. And then I get mad because I'm like, why don't they ask me? You know. Oh. Am I, do, do I not look strong? You look pretty. <laughs> like, they're not going to, like, 
What? I'm like, why don't you ask yeah. me what I did? Plus, the other part is, is you have a 280-some pound <laughs> male sitting directly next to you with a wedding ring on, so they're smart to talk to me, not you. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, it's funny, There's there's been a... Many a time where Rob has thrown them off their tracks when he says, I used to be 150 pounds lighter. Yeah. Like, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'll show them like a photo of me like when I was 18. They're like, yeah, you have it this? on the draw. <laughs> Quick on the draw yeah. with that before after. Well, fun. I always like it because like when we talk to people, like we'll meet people out. And especially if I meet a male who is smaller. Mm-hmm. Because they often always feel defeated. They're like, oh, I can never get that big. Or, you know, oh, you must have been you big. You always had it easy. That. And yeah. I'm like, no, dude. Like, seriously, you could do it. You could do it. I get yeah. so excited. I'm like, here, I want to show you this photo yeah. to show you that you can freaking do this. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. So I always get, like, so excited to show somebody because I hate when they have a limitation in their mind that I know isn't true. And I'm like, oh, don't live with that. Like, yeah. screw that. Like, Absolutely. you can do this. Screw genetics. I yeah. feel like I look better approaching 40 than I did at 18. Yeah, I think both of us have uh, aged very well. Like, nobody thinks we're as old as we are. Thank So goodness. I'm 40, which to me sounds like I might as well say I'm as old as dust. Because I feel <laughs> so old right now. It's depressing to say 40. <sighs> My it's first old, pet was a T-Rex. However, <laughs> however, when I turn 40, you'll be like, it's great. It's not. Yeah, because you're yet. beautiful. You still look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it is... Uh, I love it because you and I, and I, what I would encourage the listeners to do is you have a long life ahead. Yeah. Don't get caught up in like a, a day or a week here or there where your weight goes up a little and you're a little discouraged. Keep, please, please keep working mm. because you're going to, you have a long time to go. And if you just swallow this moment, learn, maybe go seek out why it happened, but just swallow it, keep going. You have so much time to progress. Like I told that client is, they have 951 opportunities this year. It's a a really neat way to break it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, don't let this one opportunity miss cause you to give up the 951 more we have yet to go. Mm -hmm. So So I get fired up because I I just want people to, I want them to crush life. Something's add up. Yes. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I've rambled quite a bit. Um, Is there anything you want to add to it? Anything I want to ramble about? Or add to the topic, or I mean, at this point, we can go off topic. <laughs> We've already been so far off topic. Um, I think we were relatively, we were within a decent radius of the topic. That's good. We were at least always talking about like weight or food. Yeah. Well, it's like training. fluctuation has so many connotations, right? True. So I think we were spot on. Well, thank you. Anything yes. else to add? Um, so here's a question for you. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Okay. So if somebody were to ask you, somebody shot you a message, and they're like, hey, I listen to this podcast, and you know, I've been really fluctuating up and down with my weight. I've tried a lot of diets. I seem to like lose weight when I start the diet, but I can't keep the diet going. Then I gain a bunch of weight. What would you suggest I do? Or how did, how did you get through your eating disorder and finally like gain a healthy state of mind towards food? Ooh, that's a whole separate podcast. Yeah. Let's give them a teaser. I would say to just try and be consistent with something. Ooh, that's a great answer. Try and stay consistent. So whatever that is. And... Mm-hmm. Get the consistency down first before you start making changes. Yeah. Um, take some data points, but don't compare w- just one data point to the next. 
right? That's just two dots. It's not a line. Mm -hmm. It's no trend. So it's, I would say, maybe track if they're in the headspace to track. Mm -hmm. But mainly stay consistent and try not to do anything extreme. Mm -hmm. I would say focus on your carb, fat, protein. You know, I, there's, there's a lot of, it depends in the answer. Yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with the consistency. So like, a lot of times down. when people see an extreme fluctuation, they're often doing extremes. Right. And they need so, to be consistent. Yeah. So calm that down a bit. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw a little bit of plug out there. It is on the website, www.brutalirongym.com. You can go to our free nutrition education page. The first link on the page is create your own nutrition program. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you how many calories you should aim for in a day and how much protein you should aim for in a day. And then how to time that out throughout the day. Yeah. So if you want to, like, okay, I should be consistent, but consistent with what? That's that's the what. Go to the website, free nutrition education, the first document. That is literally where I start all of my clients. It's gold. Yes. And um, with the trainers I train, like, actually over half of my clients are trainers, and I actually train them to train their clients the same way. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's the same stuff we use to get somebody on stage, the same stuff we use with, like, the Olympic yeah. athletes, the pro yeah. athletes I've worked with. Yeah. Anybody, we always start there. That's literally where everyone starts. Now, some people have to finish a lot more detailed, but that's because they want something crazy, specific, or unique, or weird in their outcome. But that would be where to start. So if you have noticed extremes, stop doing extremes. That would be a good one. And then the other thing is, is I would seek out somebody who knows a little more than you do. You don't have to pay for a coach, although I will admit that paying for a coach is a pretty damn good idea. Like, if I want to get plumbing advice, I'm going to ask my neighbor or ask a plumber. I'm going to ask a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my neighbor might know more than I do, but they're dad. not a plumber. Yeah, my dad knows everything. <laughs> yes. So ask my dad, Joe, <laughs> if yeah. you can find him. Or. Ask him. Or. Any other professional. Yes. I would I would suggest, like, because I know it can sound like I'm trying to sell a service. I don't care who you hire. Like, well, I do. I do care who you hire. I hope they're good. I care. Yeah. Don't hire Rob. Yes. But the idea Change is, my is life. if you're struggling with what you know, don't go with just what you know. Get don't somebody else's Google. know. Yeah. Just, oh, ah. God. Don't Google. Uh, but, like, expand the knowledge base that you're working with, but expand it with good content. Yeah. Like, don't ask just a friend who knows as, literally as much as you would no. know. Level up. Level up in your knowledge. You can find free YouTube videos. There are free books out there. There's a lot of really good stuff. Um, And uh, so I I would encourage somebody, if they're struggling, to normalize what they do, be more consistent. And then go learn some things. Go educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And also, maybe therapy. Yeah, therapy is great. Like, if you have emotional connection to food. I deal with that with clients all the time. It's bad day at work. They go home and cook brownies and eat a whole plate of brownies. And I'm like, just give the brownies away then. Like, if the cooking was therapy, feed them to your dog or feed them to the neighbors. I was like, don't eat the damn brownies. Is the cooking therapy or is the eating therapy? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But, I mean, we didn't even touch on that. But a huge part of fluctuation, like we said, your, Mm. you know, pop quiz that is extremes. Yes. And, I mean, I, I always advocate for mental health and therapy if it's needed. So yes. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. And then uh, we have a podcast, 1590, is a Q&A podcast titled Food as Emotional Therapy. Mm. And that would be a really good one to check out. Awesome. Yes. So um, actually, we have an older podcast too, 1090. It's titled Discussing Emotional Connection to Weight Change. What do you know? Yeah. So I did that one way back in 2021. So this is good that we're touching base on this again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because a lot's happened since 2020. Absolutely, yes. And you can find all those older podcasts on our website. We have a podcast player that goes back 300 episodes. And then underneath that, we have instructions on how to find older podcasts, Mm -hmm. whether you're on a laptop or a mobile device. So uh, I think that was great advice. Definitely some good teasers. And maybe we'll make one for that topic in the future. Sure. Awesome. Okay, so let me go through the little closing stuff here. Is if you have any questions or you need anything, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. You can also check out our website for more information and more services at www.brutalironjim.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you share it on social media, that's the greatest way to reach the most amount of people and it allows the podcast to help more people. If you like the podcast, you can consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on the website. And if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and then as always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.